The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in the land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them immediately, and they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise God. Dive right in. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why, why, why? For a three-year-old, that's probably their favorite word, isn't it? You ever see them? Just keep asking, why, why, why? You'll be having your coffee in the morning, they'll come up to you. Hey, can I have a sip of that? No. Why? Because it's a coffee, it's an adult beverage. Why? <laughs> because if you drink this coffee, you'll be too hyper. <laughs> why? Because if you're too hyper, you won't fall asleep. Why? Because I'm your parent, I said so. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so irritating that, 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 that point of their lives and their little kids and they began to ask all these questions. But what's amazing about it is that, look at what's going on in their little heads, by the way. Think about it. They finally, for the first time, realize, and they have the ability to speak it and the vocabulary they didn't talk. They see this huge world out there. And they're utterly captivated by it. I have two legs. Why? Right? That's a cloud. Why? The sun rises. Why? Right? That's a car driving by. Why? You see this, that their minds are just exploding. And notice that, that, that this three-year-old wonder 
never quite leaves us. Because what began at that age for all of us was that you sense there's a world out here and we want to understand why and to penetrate reality, don't we? We all do this. Why, why, why? Apply now that same wonder with the amazing gospel we have today. You see, this gospel which we just read this Sunday, this is Jesus for the first time now beginning his public ministry. He's exploding on the scene here. And all of a sudden, we have to ask our question, why does Jesus do what he does here? So remember, for 30 years, nobody knew he even existed besides his mom and dad and his town of Nazareth. Nobody knew him for 30 years. All of a sudden, at the age of 30, we believe, he begins what will begin now, a three-year adventure with Jesus. And here we have the first time that he launches into public ministry. And we have to ask ourselves, why does Jesus do what he does here? Notice now. It says that he begins in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. Why? And then notice now, the first words ever recorded of Jesus is here. First words out of his mouth. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Then notice, after that, next thing he does is that he begins to call the first disciples. We have here the example of the first four, which would eventually be, later on in the gospel, we'll see him calling the other ones. The first group of people that he surrounds himself with. Why? Why, why, why? And in order to understand this question now, we have to delve deep into history. Because once we see the historical context of this, all of a sudden those questions begin to just jump out of the page. So bear with me. We're going to dive into a little bit of history, and I think this will be worth our time. So in the year 1000 BC, we have this example in the second Samuel chapter 7. You see this there. So 1000 BC, so a thousand years before Jesus, 3000 years ago from our present time. God tells King David, he says, your kingdom, King David, which I've appointed you as king over, will last forever. It will be an everlasting kingdom. And this kingdom of the Jewish people, which King David now is ahead over, is made up of the 12 tribes of Israel. But then all of a sudden, this kingdom now made up of the 12 tribes united under him, a first devastating event happens. In 922, the 12 tribes split. Ten tribes in the north, two tribes in the south. And they began to go at each other's throats. They began warring with one another. It's a civil war. Their own flesh and blood fighting amongst themselves. Remember, they were called to become one nation, united under, under King David, under the king, united as 12 tribes. But quickly it unravels, and they fight. 922. A couple centuries later, in the year 722, 
something horrendous happens. The Assyrian Empire comes, comes sweeping into the north. They decimate the ten tribes of the northern kingdom. They murder them, they, they, they massacre them, and the remaining tribes are just scattered and lost throughout the pagan nations all throughout that area there. Guess which two tribes was wiped out first? The tribes of Zebulon and Naphtali. To kind of give you a sense of the impact that would have had on those people. Imagine, this, your man just had a hard to imagine, but imagine this. What if all of a sudden our mortal enemy invaded the United States and wiped out 48 states? Just devastated all 48, leaving two. How do you think that would make us feel as a nation? It would shake us, wouldn't it? Leaving only two states, say Nevada and the state of Jefferson, right? Leaving those two. <laughs> leaving California, right? Say Nevada and California is left. Right, with, our, with our high taxes and, and crazy high gas prices. Those two states are left, Nevada and California. <laughs> but everybody else is wiped out. That's how the Jews would have felt. Ten tribes gone. Now imagine, if you're a first century Jew and you see this, and all of a sudden, aren't you, aren't you thinking to yourself, God, didn't you promise King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, that this kingdom of ours would last forever. The ten tribes are gone. Where are they? We have no idea. Now, a couple centuries later, rolls on. In the year 587 now, another devastating event happens. The Babylonian Empire comes sweeping into the south now they wipe out the remaining two tribes, take them back to Babylon as their slaves. So now imagine if you're a Jew at that time period, what are you thinking? God, did you lie to us then? Where are you? The ten tribes are gone. We have no idea where they are. The two remaining tribes... They're off in Babylon, living as slaves now. I thought you would never leave us. Now, with all of that, my friends, all of that in the background, enter Jesus. As he launches now into his public ministry, where does Jesus begin? <coughs> Zebulon and Naphtali, doesn't he? Where the first two tribes now were wiped out, Jesus begins there. Huh? It begins precisely there. Now the next line. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All of a sudden, the Jews are thinking, wait a minute, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom has been destroyed. Jesus, what are you talking about? Are you here to restore the kingdom? That's the first wonder question in their mind they're thinking about. The kingdom of heaven, beginning in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. Are you beginning something new now? And then if there was any doubt, notice the next event that Christ does. He calls Simon and his brother Andrew. Then he calls John and the son and his other brother, 
James, the first of the apostles. And I ask you, do you love the answer now? How many apostles will Jesus eventually call? How many? Twelve. Immediate. That's not by accident. So notice now, Jesus began in the land of Naphtali and Zebulon. Jesus now preaching the kingdom of heaven. Jesus now calling twelve. If you're in the first century and you're a Jewish person, there's no doubt. Jesus is rebuilding the kingdom. Christ now is the new king. Christ now, upon the apostles themselves, will restore the kingdom that God promised in 1000 BC. Now do you see why, why, why? Why Zebulon Naphtali? Why the kingdom of heaven? Why the twelve apostles? My friends, all of us baptized now, we have been baptized into this kingdom. All of us now. What's the major takeaway point about all of this? And I think it's key. You see, the one thing that which all of us have in common, we all come from different backgrounds, all have different lives, but the one thing that will unite all of us together is that all of us will suffer. All of us will suffer tremendously. There's no escaping it. In fact, that's the one thing Jesus promises his disciples. You will have your cross. And all of us know there are times in our lives where we will feel eventually, if you haven't done so already, I guarantee you this will happen to you. You will feel as if God has abandoned you. You will feel as if God is utterly silent. You will feel as if nothing mattered. All the hard work you put into your Christian faith is for nothing. And you will feel utterly alone. That will happen if you take your faith seriously. But what's the amazing message that now Christ has proclaimed here that we receive beautifully? And no matter what happens, God never forgets. He never forgets us. That God, notice now, this is a thousand years when Christ enters into the world. God is faithful to his promises. Why, why, why? Now you know. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If I could just briefly add as well, this kind of segue. So my boss, Pope Francis, he, he has called that this Sunday, this third Sunday of Ordinary Time, to be the Word of God Sunday. The Word of God Sunday. He's asked all the churches now to celebrate this day, the Word of God Sunday. And I think this is huge because it matches perfectly with what's been on my heart for a long time. Because I love our faith. I absolutely love it. The more I, I, I learn it, the more I study, the more I delve into it. I fall more in love with this rich tradition that's been handed down to us. Now imagine, I'm asking, what is the most important book in Western civilization? Right here, my friend. 
This book here, whether you're a believer or not, whether you are in your faith, this book here has built our civilization. And even more so, this book here is the, is the more cited source of the founding fathers of the United States. When they were crafting the principles that would govern the United States, this is the book they cited the most. The principles that they used to construct the Constitution now, founded here, much of it here. It is made up of 73 books. So the Bible isn't just one book. It's made up of 73 individual books. Well, let me ask you, why? Why are there certain books in here and not others? Why is the book of Revelation here? The books of the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why? Who put them in here? Have you ever wondered that question? Where does this come from? It is the most... Influential book in the entire history of humanity. Literally, our lives are all changed because of this. Where does it come from? You ever wonder that question? Well, I have. And so, and I'm, I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll make a flyer and put all the details there. So, starting in mid-February, I'll, I'll give two talks. One here in Loyalton and then one in Portola. Same talk, back-to-back. So that way you can't make one or the other. We're going to have, a, I want to do a, a, maybe, I don't know how long, but at least a monthly catechesis of some issue of the faith that we can delve into. Adult, and I think, I'm thinking the, uh, the working title now uh, is going to be, again, it can change any time because it's all in my head, but I've always wanted to do this. because so I love teaching the faith. I want to call it Christian Basic Training. <laughs> why? So we can learn our faith. So when we're challenged, we can know and understand Why? And so the first talk, and then you'll know, remember the dates again, I'll print it all out. It'll be February 11th here at 6. We'll begin with the half hour social. If you want to come, it's optional. I'll ask you to bring your favorite food and, and drink. Huh? Coffee, maybe. Huh? I'll ask you to bring your favorite food to share. For that first half hour, we'll just have a social time. 6.30, we'll begin on the dot. I'll give a 45-minute presentation on why and how the Bible comes to be the way it is. Utterly fascinating. I'll give a 45-minute talk, and then the last 15 minutes, I'll give a Q&A, so whatever questions you guys may have after the talk. So it'll be 6 social, 6.30 presentation, 45 minutes, and the last 15, we'll do a Q&A. And so I want to eventually do this monthly, on whatever topic that fascinates you. I want to delve deeper, because that's why you guys pay me the big bucks, right? It's to, it's to delve into these, it's to teach this, right? And to delve into this. And so... And so maybe we can even think of topics, whatever issues you want, especially the controversial ones, by the way. Oh, I love the controversial topics. Let's delve into these strange teachings of our faith. For example, we can delve into another big one, especially for young people, is how can we prove God's existence? If an atheist were to challenge you, all right, Christian, prove to me God's existence. Do not answer that question. It's a tough one, hard one, and very, very appropriate. So maybe one of the later months, I'll delve into that topic. I'll, I'll give you a presentation. So you understand, how can we philosophically prove God's existence? Is there a contradiction between faith and science? Short answer, no. No. So we want to delve into these topics. But the first one, beautifully, I think I want to delve into this foundational text of our civilization. And I want to spread the word into our Protestant brothers and sisters. Because even though we're separated right now, the foundational text which we all, unites us all, is reverence for the Holy Word of God. 
And I want to invite them too because I want them to consider how does the Bible come together? Because Jesus doesn't give us a book. He doesn't. It didn't fall from heaven, floating on a cloud and then light beaming on it. No, I want to delve that by our first topic. So again, spread the word, and then next week you have all the details of the time so we don't remember the dates. Sound good? So that way, we know why. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.